Palm Sunday, and it was leading up to Pastor Nathan speaking next week at Easter, it's the gospel. It's the whole thing. The gospel, the first four books of the New Testament, 40%, four out of every 10 words, just cover this week. Not the 33 years, one week. It's a big deal. A few things I want you to be thinking of as we go through this. Sounds a little dark, but it's beautiful. Blood does not discriminate. You're going to see that in Exodus 12. But you're also going to see it today in Christianity. The blood of Christ does not discriminate. The blood covers everyone. You just have to pick the right God and the right Savior. So we start off Palm Sunday, Passover. Passover is the meal. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is the, is the, is the festival. Well, this wasn't created by the, by the Jewish people. This was created by God himself. God had his chosen people in bondage. And he heard their cries. And the cries made it up to heaven. And he was testing Pharaoh. One plague, another plague, another plague. Pharaoh's not budging. I believe the word may say that he hardened Pharaoh's heart. So now we get to the 10th plague, the last plague. And this one is going to be for everyone. So when you reread this, note that the blood was to cover all males, Egyptians, Israelites, and animals. Everybody is going to die that night. The angel of destroyer is coming. We sang about the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the, and the blood of the lamb put over your doorpost with specific instructions. So we know that the blood is the only thing that saves you in Exodus 12. The Lord created the sacrifice and he did it for two reasons, for us to remember and to celebrate. And the crucifixion of Christ is for us to remember and celebrate that the blood does not discriminate. It's the only thing that we, that's gonna save us. So Christ is coming in to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. It's the 10th day of Nisan. It's a, it's a month and a date that the Lord God gave to Moses and Aaron. It's Passover. Christ is telling his disciples, my hour has come. He's been saying historically, my hour has not come. Now he's saying, my hour has come. Christ isn't coming to 
celebrate Passover, although he was. Christ was coming to become Passover. Christ is Passover. Christ is the Passover lamb. Without the Passover lamb, Israel, Egypt, and all the males would have perished that night. Everyone that did not have the blood applied to the doorpost was going to die and did die. Everyone today that doesn't have the blood applied to their hearts is going to die. It's, it's the message. I don't know if everyone wants to hear it, but the scripture and the text tell the truth. Christ knew his fate. Christ knew what was going on. Christ tells his disciples, let us go up to Jerusalem. Everything that's, that has been prophesied about the Son of Man, everything will be fulfilled. Christ came to fulfill scripture. Christ came to fulfill everything. What you'll see when you look is that God has just layered this prophecy in layers, and God is going through, through his son, to fulfill everything. Why? To draw us close to him, to give us confidence. Digging deep is not about getting more information. Digging deep is about getting confirmation. Confirming that he's as good, he's as, good as he says he is. So we have one that recognized Christ right off the get-go, right from the beginning. Now, yeah, we see in the New Testament that demons recognized him immediately. But men, no, except one. And this man was John the Baptist. And John the Baptist picked up on him. John the Baptist was a man sent from God. They say about John the Baptist that there was not a man born of woman that was greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist didn't get to us as a witness of who Jesus is just by, he just showed up. John the, John the Baptist, his father was visited by an angel just like Mary while he was in the temple. And the chances of him being in the Holy of Holies was the lotto ticket that he won. He's in there. And he's in there by himself. And they would put rope around them. They would put bells on them. They didn't know what was going to happen when you got in there because no one was allowed in. But, but the angel spoke to him and told him, You're gonna ha your prayers have gone up to the Father. And your prayers... Your prayers for you and Elizabeth have been answered. 
you're going to have a son. Now, they were past the age, but we've seen this before. God just keeps working these things like he did with Abraham. So they have a baby, and they said, well, you're going to call him John. I don't know what he did when he was in the temple, but he must have made some slight error or not. But they took his voice away for the length of the pregnancy. So he couldn't speak. So he came out, and he didn't know what to say. He didn't have anything to say. He couldn't speak. John sees Jesus. Now, John is, some would say he, he, he was obviously studied, well studied, probably with the Essenes, because he was very radical. And he seemed like he would be ready to take on anybody. But when he saw Christ, he said, behold, or look, or my God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John picked up on it immediately. Isaiah says about John, he says, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert the way of God. John then is questioned by the disciple, by the Pharisees, and he says, he says, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me. Now, this is, this is the guy that would take on anybody, and he says, whose sandals I am unworthy to untie. Nobody else is even picking up on it. And he, he doesn't think he's worthy to take his sandals off. John the Baptist was sent by God as a witness. When I studied this, I was a little convicted about the word witness. And what kind of witness am I? I mean, when I step off of here and walk out front and drive down the road, what is my witness? John's witness was Christ and Christ alone. But we need to be thinking about our witness because we are the witness of Christ just like John was. That's our job. Christ said, I send you as the Father sent me. We're sent out to represent him. But I would be cautious for us just to represent him with words that aren't demonstrated by action. John was a credible witness. And I believe we can be credible witnesses, too, through the power of Christ in humility. The Father provided the Lamb, and we sang today, the blood of Christ is to be applied over our hearts. It's richer than I'm able to share with you. But what God did is he took everything 
from the Old Testament, and everything is pointing towards the fulfillment of the Son. Everything. Not everything we understand, not everything we interpret, not everything somebody wrote commentary on, everything. Jesus said everything that is written about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. And he did it all. So in Exodus 12, we've got rules. So we have to pick a young male lamb, unblemished. Then we have to clean our house for four days. We want to get the leaven out. And the leaven in the Old Testament is sin. So we, we want to get the sin out for a four-day period. We're going to be watching this lamb to be sure the lamb is perfect for four days. So from the 10th day of Nisan to the 14th day of Nisan. And then on the 14th day, we sacrifice the lamb. So we have to get the right lamb. We've got to get a perfect lamb. We've got to clean our house. Then we have to kill the lamb just the right way. No broken bones. And if you're picking up, you're going to see in a second here that what Christ did is he lived a life that patterned and foreshad that was foreshadowed by Exodus 12. This is not a regular. Even the word festival is tied up with the word appointment. And the title of the message is, My Appointment is Near. Jesus says that. He's going to an appointment. He's going to fulfill everything that the Father has written out. What is hard for me to get my arms around is, if Christ is the Word of God, and prophecy is the Word of God, he's living out what the Father wrote through the Spirit. And he is, he, it's, he's the subject and the actor and the purpose. So they get the appointed hour. Many people will, if you dig, dig deep, will tell you that everything happened to Jesus at the same time in the same hour that it was happening to the lambs being sacrificed at Passover. Jerusalem is busy. 500,000 people, 400,000 people, it's packed. You've got extra ovens going everywhere to roast all this lamb. You've got blood that's going to be coming out everywhere. There is so much detail that the Lord has worked into this that is almost like, how could you put all that together? Even the lambs, the lambs that were used in the sacrifice and Passover at Jerusalem, all those lambs were born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem. And they had been born in Bethlehem now for a long time because this first one was 13 to 1400 years before Jesus walks in. But the Levitical lambs were raised 
So where does the father have his lamb born? In Bethlehem with all the other lambs. Well, how would, you, how would he get there? Why would he get there? He, we orchestrated it. The Lord did. He orchestrated it so his lamb, the lamb of God, would be born with the other lambs. And he would have him ride into town on a donkey, which is prophesied. And he comes in through the eastern gate, which is another prophecy. And he comes in on the 10th day of Nisan. And the 10th day of Nisan is a big day. It's a big, big day. And the guy, he just keeps layering things. So when Joshua comes into the promised land, when Joshua comes into the promised land, over the Jordan and heading towards where Jerusalem would be, and he's stacking stones of remembrance for the 12 tribes. The day he rolls in is the 10th day of Nisan. So what, God, what the father is doing there is he's, he's, bringing the, he's bringing the Jewish people into paradise, into the land of paradise. And on the 10th day this year, he's bringing Jesus in. This is who you'll see in paradise. And he's bringing Jesus in on the 10th day. We have the appointed time and hour. We have the feast of unleavened bread. This is a celebration over slavery in Egypt, but it's also celebration over bondage. And without Christ, you're in bondage. I'm in bondage. My only freedom is in Christ. He does it at the appointed location, the city that God built, Jerusalem, and Christ being the unblemished lamb. Now, you've got to have your house cleaned for four days. So when Jesus rolls in on the donkey, now this donkey had never been ridden before. Because kings don't ride on shared mounts. God rides on his own mount. So he told his disciples. Now, meanwhile, the disciples don't catch anything. They have no clue. Later, it all came. People are cleaning their home. Jesus comes in and says, He's going up to the father's house. And what he does is he cleans the father's house. He's cleaning the father's house as Israel is cleaning their house, taking out the leaven, taking out the sin. And I think he would tell us, be looking for the lamb, but be looking at yourself as well and get rid of the sin in your life, the leaven, and let the lamb do the job. We have someone to lean on. We have a savior. We have a savior that has been layered and foreshadowed all the way through the Old Testament and now 
as Pastor Nathan's been going through Revelation, we're going to see and hope and be comforted that what is spoken in the Revelation is going to come to pass just like he fulfilled everything in the Old Testament that had to do with prophecy in the Son of Man. The Lord is looking for us to take these words and to trust him. Jesus says, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate Passover with my disciples. He became Passover. He became the answer for us. The Lord created the Passover sacrifice. The Lord created it for us that we would have a way. And what the Lord is asking us to do is to trust him. To trust him and to follow him. So when we hear of Palm Sunday, because they were waving the palm branches when he came in, they were also singing Hosanna, Hosanna, salvation now. They wanted, they wanted, they wanted a king. They wanted to be saved, but saved from what? They wanted to be saved from Rome oppression. They wanted to be saved from slavery. So today I would ask, when we cry out, save us now, what do we want them to save us from? Christ had a plan written by the Father, and Christ lived it out meticulously. Every sentence, every word, every detail. I believe, I believe the Father has a plan for each and every one of us. Written out, detailed. I think the only cue that we need is obedience. Obedience to, to the Lord. I think spending time with him, going deep, and staying long, and listening. And then taking a chance, taking a risk that we're going to step out and do what the Father told us to do. Even if the end in sight is problematic, obedience is going to be victorious. I'm going to have Precious come up and piano me into the end.
I, I, would, I would encourage you, don't take a cursory look. Take a, take a deep dive into Holy Week. I mean, a, a deep dive. There, there's been nothing richer in my study than this. I studied it last year and this year, and I kept the notes around. It's, it wasn't really about information for me, although it was a lot of information. I mean, ridiculous amount of information for somebody like me. But what it gave me was confirmation. It's like, wow. Wow, he is, he, he's, he's better than I thought. I, I would say that no matter what a person thinks about God, no matter what, I don't care what person, if it's Billy Graham, you know what? Whatever you think God is, he's way better. He's way better and he's way more tuned in. And there's nothing by chance that's happening in this book. And everything in this book is pointing to the sun. The book is, is a book of hope. It, it's, it's not just scattered writings. It is detail. And so many things that we're going to find when we look are going to give us confidence that we can say thank you, Lord, for saving us. It may be an easy trip down front to join Christ. It's not an easy way to live, but you don't want to do it any other way. Christianity's not easy. Following Christ is not easy. It's not glamorous but it's glorious and you just you don't want to be without him so this week as we prepare for Easter and Nathan will bring a message on Sunday take a hard look at Holy Week take a hard look at Jesus riding in to Jerusalem on a donkey cleaning the house now you inspect the, you got to inspect the lamb and Jesus was inspected. He went in the temple. Everybody had questions. And people today have questions. They're questioning God. What you don't know is still true. What you don't understand is still true. If it's in this book, it's true. It's not about being smart. It's about being obedient. Just, just do it. Trust someone. If we're ever looking for a leader today on the planet that you can put everything behind, we sang about him today, and we're going to sing about him in a minute. His name is Jesus. I know it sounds, to the world, this has got to sound like a lunatic. It's the truth. Let me lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your plan. I thank you for your precious, perfect plan.
plan, Lord God. I thank you for writing a script, Lord God. I thank you for a son that would fulfill Isaiah 53. For a son that knew the scripture and knew what he was walking into. For him to do it because of his love for us and his love for the Father. And I ask you today to, to let us celebrate and remember Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and Easter as Christ comes to be our Passover lamb. And his blood does not discriminate, but saves all who call upon his name. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.